squared by Silvio P. That's me and E. Marquez. And we do phenomenal ethics. What's up, y'all? And welcome back to PE Squared Phenomenal Epics. You guys already know what you get here. This is Phenomenal Epics. We have a loaded show, a loaded show. We're fortunate enough to have a real special guest, Frontline Officer, Officer T. He'll be coming on shortly. But I do want to make sure that we hammer it all out today because it's going to be a lot. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. But there's going to be a little twist and turns and all that jazz. So we got some stuff about Black Lives Matter and stuff about YouTube, stuff about police unions and free Addo. I've been wanting to get into free Addo. We get a chance to do that. But first, let me bring in the man, the myth, the legend. Silvio, what's up, bro? How you doing? Man, what's going on? Just uh, trying to figure out how to keep up with you. That's all. That's all. This is your world. And, you know, you know, that's right. You know, that's right. You know, luckily, we're not on my uh Call stealing podcast because then you would go home crying, but that's okay, bro. We're gonna be here yep. talking up and just chit chatting away. And uh, what's new with you, any bro? Chance I, any chance I get to be around you, I end up going home crying, man, and wondering what I was doing in the first yeah, place trying man, to hang that's out. What happens, bro? That's what happens when you get that little spark of hotness. You know what I mean? It's tough, little spice. You're phenomenal. That's nah, what I'm saying. Nah, it is. But uh, yeah. well, how was your weekend, dude? How was your weekend? It's all right, man. We uh, we're trying to do, you know, got the young kids doing their uh, their young kid thing, and uh, I'm trying to keep up with them. I wish I I wish I could brag and tell you I run circles around them, but there are times I'm just wondering why why uh, they don't leave me alone. I'm like, man, just give me a minute. Can, I'm an old man. Let me sit here. But uh, other than that, we're you know we're moving along. Thank God, safe and sound. All right, all right. I got I got some. I got something. So without How's further ado, without further oh well, my weekend was pretty pretty hot. I was able to get oh. out and uh, just chill, relax. Uh-oh. You know, got in got uh, on one one of the nights though. I got just these loaded text messages. Well, from you, matter of fact, talking about oh, yeah, all yeah. this stuff, and I'm like on my weekend away. Don't you know? I don't want to think. Yeah. I want to take my shits real nice and calm, but no. Here come, here you come with that. Oh, this is your boy. Oh, check this out. CNN sucks. What about this? Oh, bro. Then you got me up in a lather. Oh, you know, you know I what forgot, I mean? I forgot. You know, I should have just, uh, I got a chance to take my motorcycle. That's the first time I took it out all season. Uh, and again, for those of y'all listening, we're in Chicago, a bit of a heat wave. And uh, it's the first time I actually took the bike out. And uh, and so thank God it was, it was a nice enough weekend. But my fault, man, I forgot. I should have taken the weekend off. Uh, I'll tell you what. Let's not talk for. I don't know. Maybe I'll catch you next year. Maybe I won't. <laughs> so, without further ado, let me introduce Officer T. I'm going to refer to him as Nacho here. But Officer T, what's going on, brother? How you doing? And thank you so much for coming on. What's going on, brother? I am good. I am uh, out here at a friend's house. So, uh, just kind of, you know, decompressing after work. We kind of do that every now and then. Just hanging out with my boy and uh, uh, his wife, who both happen to be uh, police officers as well and we do this every now and then we get together and you know have a few libations and you know de-stress nice nice so the uh reason why i asked you on today is well you're on the front lines and you've been doing the you've been an officer for quite a while different positions different stations different uh areas of expertise just uh, tell me off, off the, you know, off your thoughts, top of your head. How, what, what is this like out there today, um, doing the work, doing the job? Well, to give you a little background, like you said, I've been, I've been, a, I've been an officer for uh, twenty three plus years now. Um, I've worked in different areas of the city. I started out north, I went out south, I worked out west, and I worked in the middle of the city. And I'm currently in in an area where it's you know a little diverse area you've you've got game bangers still from old families you've got hipsters you've got yuppies you've got a little bit of everything so it's it's a it's a different it's, it's a challenge every day and it's been a challenge um i've worked uh i worked the task force with the fbi i've worked the gang team i've worked uh robbery teams so i've been you know i've been i've done a little bit of everything you know i i, I still enjoy what i do after 23 years um it's changed a lot. The job has changed a lot. You know, you, it's harder to be that proactive police officer now with, you know, 
all the cameras and everything you do. It's just a lot. Of, it's different than the way things were done back then. You know, everything nowadays has to has to be you know on point. And what so do you think, just, real you know, quick, uh, Nacho? What's the and uh, and thanks for joining us again. This is Silvio uh, again for the podcast. As we are remote for uh, COVID safety and things of that nature. So bear with our audio if there's some changes here and there. But uh, Nacho, what do you think, man? Uh, old school or uh, you know, as you're talking, if you could throw in what those different, you know, talk to me like I'm a two year old. What does it mean to you? You think when you say old school or back in the day, was it was it rougher? Was it easier? Was it fun? You know what I mean? Give me some of those type of adjectives. Well, being being a, a police officer with some time on the job, I was able to, you know, actually, you know, you would go and you would talk to gangbangers and you would stop them on the corners and you would go through them and you would, you know, and and I've always been the type that I've always treated people with respect. So I had a good rapport with some of my gangbangers and they'd have no issue with talking to me or me, you know, running their names, make sure they didn't have warrants and stuff like that. Right. And you And you knew who they were. You right. can pull up to any corner and you can talk to the guys that you knew that were gangbangers. And nowadays it's different. You can't do that anymore because, you know, video Without cameras, everybody, you know, why are you stopping me? And, you know, yeah. you've you got to have probable cause and all this stuff. And, you know, back in the day, you knew they were gangbangers. They didn't have an issue with you stopping them because <laughs> they knew what they knew what they were doing and you knew what you right. were doing. And, you know, it's just a whole different ballgame nowadays. Do you, do you think that's a Chicago specific thing or do or have you had a chance to kind of uh, meet? Like you said, you've been on task force. So do you think Chicago is a big buzz, if you will, right now? And maybe there will always be a big buzz. But in terms of the stats that I know and the stats that I've seen per capita, it's not as bad as it's being painted in a general sense, you know, and, I, and by general, I mean in the media as a whole, because I, I, I don't go into specifics as to which media outlet is better or worse than the other. But as a whole, uh, it's even kind of fancy now that everybody, even, I've got family members in Mexico who, who are like, hey, is everything okay in Chicago? We hear about all the shootings. And I'm like, well, all the shootings. Now, do you think it's it, it's that bad or, or would you, where would you put it on that spectrum? What's the reality for you? The reality for me is that it, it, it has gotten busy, but I think it's always kind of been like that. Right. I think what, what's different in now is that just with social media, everybody gets right. to see it. There you go. So That's what I think. I agree back, with that. Yeah. Back 10, 15 years ago, you know, you'd have a bunch of shootings over a weekend and maybe you'd get a clip of it on the news or something like that if you were the type of person that would watch the news and you know honestly who really watched the news back then as being a you know a young person yeah. but social media that's the first thing you get to facebook and you see right. you know postings of you know how many shot this weekend how many killed this weekend and so social media brings that out and i'd probably right. be willing to guess that there's probably less people killed now than there was back like in the 90s when you know in the 80s when the drugs were yeah big you know when it was first making a splash in chicago because it, you know to bring you bring up an interesting point for my law enforcement time uh, i was in a different sector altogether i was on the federal side but i connected enough and had some uh, some buddies within the, the force who i talked to and uh you know in the chicagoland area so a wide spectrum suburban city uh outside you know what i mean everybody's got a different kind of view uh yeah. and and to me uh, i started law enforcement uh outside of the military in 2010 so I experienced a different uh, environment because I, I worked in a closed jurisdiction within a hospital setting. So ours was just interacting with a lot of veterans, occasionally some non-veterans who would get a little, little spicy and saucy here and there. Uh, <laughs> but when, when that happened on the streets, when it first started, uh, the language was different because the drugs had just started to you know, kind of take charge of the capitalist point of view. They were just starting to bring the drug, well, not just the drugs, but then the, the struggle for power. So then the guns. And now, maybe if anything, you know, again, like I say, per capita, our stats are, are pretty low, all things considered. Don't get, don't hear me bragging, but they're they're low compared to what it seems like on the news uh, or how people want to perceive it. But the the guns are different now. Everybody wanted to, you know, back in the, in those days, it was a you know, sex used to control things. Uh, it was a wide group. Now it's like block by block. Somebody else has got some kind of name they're trying to make. And that was the weird thing for me to hear. What do you think about that? That's exactly what's going on nowadays. And you talk to a lot of old school coppers and they'll tell you that things are different back because all the leaders would control their mm -hmm. guys. Like, let's say if somebody did something where it was like 
high profile game banger shot uh, an innocent kid, that chief would make that guy turn himself in because he didn't want the attention to the gang. Mm-hmm. But nowadays you have so many factions of different gangs branching off. Just like you said, this block might be one gang. The next block two down over will be a, a different gang. So there's no, there's no real like leadership in those gangs. And you've got a bunch of young kids nowadays yep. that, that are gun happy and you know, they won't, Subtle disputes like they used to do back in the day with fists. Right, right. <laughs> you know, we used to see fist fights all the time. You see the game makers yeah. fist fighting. Now that you know, they'll go right to guns. You know, or if they do get into a fight and they lose, they don't take that. Yeah. You know, like a, like a man and be like, okay, I lost. You know, better luck next time. They'll go and get a gun and come back and right, right. Off. Yeah, so that would be that's, uh, that's they would. They wouldn't be the customers for uh, the manprods.com, like I was telling you. That, that, that's not <laughs> manly. But, uh, but uh, well, down, along those lines. So now, nowadays, with all this stuff, I understand, and I trust me, Silvio and I go at it all the time about mainstream media and all the news and local media and stuff. And I know it's it. it there's a lot of stuff going on social media stuff like that. Is it is this stuff or this surge in shootings and all that, is it happening because of police are just kind of like hand, hand, handcuffed, no pun intended, but like they're not allowed or they're, they're like basically taking their police work or, or, or their, their tools out of the toolbox. They're leaving them with a little bit and they're just letting, not letting, but they're more of, you know, uh, it, it goes through, you know what I mean? They just, all right, they're shooting over there. We know what's going on. We know what's happening. We're just going to, you know, we just don't have the resources. Well, in my opinion, what's going on, there's a combination of factors. Obviously, there's a lot of guys that are getting out on bond, which they shouldn't. Then they're repeat offenders and they go back out there. And usually when you see, uh, when you have like a high profile shooting, you see in a lot of these cases, it's a guy who was let go early for whatever reason or who's, you know, been arrested three or four or five or six times already with gun charges or aggravated battery charges, and they let him go. So these guys continue to do this. That's one of the things. The other thing is, like you said, yeah, it's a different day. You can't, you really can't proactively police now. You really can't go with that gut feeling. Like, I remember one time I was driving and, I saw, and I'm in traffic and I look at this guy and I can literally see his heart kind of beating out of his chest and i knew he he had something to hide so we pulled the guy over i'm like what's what's going on man was you why are you nervous you you know i can see your heart beating out of your chest and he had a bb gun in the car so he like pretty much <laughs> gave himself up you know but right. i can't do stops like that nowadays because i'm like uh, i saw his heart beating out of his chest yeah right sure you did <laughs> that's you know those are things that as veteran police officers you learn to study body language on people and they whether they look at you or they don't look at you it tells you a story about a person and the more you work in these in these busier areas you develop that and so i think officers nowadays aren't getting that opportunity to develop that because they really you know now they got to wait for a call it's like yeah. if you know that guy's a gangbanger but he's standing on the corner he might be having he might have a gun on him he might not but now you gotta wait and see if you get a call describing right, him right. or now if he does something where you know he adjusts or maybe even moves it or something you just can't go right up on a corner and grab somebody and pat them down, which was what happened, what used to happen back in the days, you know? Now, that's good you brought that up, uh, about that gut feeling thing and stuff like that. Um, does it, does it, like, your gut feeling, doing all that, now, being able not to do that, right, not to, does it mean that you have to do, or cops, should do more training in other aspects. Now, your experience got you to look at that guy and be like, whoa, this guy's nervous as hell. But how about the other forms of training? Not social worker, not mental health or stuff like that. More like um, firearm training, more like hand combat, jujitsu, uh, more, you know, stuff like controlling the suspect or the how you're going to detain physically, that kind of stuff. I understand being a phys- being physical and holding and pu- putting holding a person down so they can relax and sometimes you got to put them in a the sleeper hold and that kind of stuff. But 
now that you are basically stripped of using your experience, more training, would that help the force? Or would that help officers? I think that would help in terms of like some of these shootings where maybe uh, an officer felt he needed to use his gun versus going to, you know, grappling. Like when, and when I came through in the academy, they taught this red man stuff. You put all this red man gear and you would, you know, do strikes and stuff like that. Man, I don't think I ever used that in my 23 years on the job. You now, hold on, hold, 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 Nacho, hold up a second. Before you go, this was too good to, to let pass up. For those of us who have no clue what Redman is other than maybe chewing tobacco, <laughs> give, give, the folks, give the folks a non-visual aid. What do you mean by Redman? Give, give it up. Tell them what so, that is. Um, I don't know if you guys ever seen like taekwondo tournaments where they wear those pads all over them. Okay, so so it's we padding, had something. Right? It's just padding. It's a. It's similar to what those uh, those the martial artists use when they uh, do, especially martial arts uh, uh, tournaments where it's just padding and the head right. pads. But, but it's ours all over are them, right? all solid red. So we would yeah. call it red, red man. Gear. There you go. And it's so <laughs> you're looking at somebody and this is the best part of the training. I used to enjoy the red man, but that's again, another, another conversation for another day. But yeah, he's describing it as now picture this somebody. Now, usually they pick some dude or some, 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 some human being who was sizable. They never picked the smaller guys. And when they did, it was, it was because they were going to change the scenario on you, but it was usually someone sizable who by most accounts, would intimidate people just based on their size alone and yeah. they would grunt, they'll smack at their pads. And so your, your objective, go ahead, Nacho, tell, tell the folks what the objective is now to deal with the red man. You'd have to affect an arrest. You would have to use your baton, use baton strikes. You would have to use holds. You would have to use arm bars to try to get that person down. Uh, the extent of striking was doing this uh, brachial stun where you would hit hit the person like kind of in the neck area to, and then pull them down or give them some knees. And like, I don't think I ever used that. You know, when you <laughs> resort to a fight, right. you're going to resort to whether you know how to fight or you don't. And right. that's what's going to keep you alive on the streets. Like I worked with a guy who was five ten, about 260. This dude was one of those stupid, strong kind of guys. So we rarely would have to call for an assist car, you know. It's like we pretty much handled ourselves, you know, throughout right. my career. But, you know, I also worked with a woman who was super tough, and um, I trusted her more than I trusted half the guys I ever worked with on this oh, job. Yeah. So it just it depends on the individual. And I think nowadays you have a lot of people who either come from the suburbs and then they want to be the police in the city, and it's a different animal, you know. It's like, and to top it all off, Sorry to, to interrupt your flow, but to, to throw this part at you, hopefully you'll start to include it as well. What, what people don't see, things aren't like the movies. You know, no. <laughs> our training, you know, when, when you're when you're talking about the red man training, you've got someone barking at you that you're doing something wrong or that you've stepped on this or you've done that wrong or you you're, you're going to get, you know, uh, they're trying to get you motivated because what you're doing in training isn't what exactly like, like Nacho saying. You're not going to do that on the street. The problem is you have to actually practice it all the while. Trying to trying to yell verbal commands exactly. at the red man and verbal commands are something that people don't don't hear a lot of us do in law enforcement because in the in the heat of the moment, unfortunately, what you also get you know you brought up a little bit of it. We'll get to that too. Is that body cams? You got people nowadays in social media, so everybody's recording. So inevitably, you get that officer whose heart rate went up, and you just start hearing nothing but f bombs. And the problem is that the f bombs work to some extent, uh, but that that the civilian has no clue why you couldn't have just walked up and said, excuse me, sir, but I need you to stop resisting because I need to place these handcuffs on you for your safety and mine. <laughs> I've started, by the way, that was, that was my phrase. I was about to tell you when I, when I was working, that was my phrase that paid. And the reason why I said it in that volume was because from there I had the coverage. And as I know this is going to might sound bad to the, to the podcast community who doesn't understand law enforcement, but I said it because I knew legally I had to say it. So I said it to the person who I was going to, to arrest that way, in that tone. And it was usually a male, but it was, excuse me, sir, ma'am, I'm going to have to place these cuffs on you. Will you please cooperate? I'm doing it for your safety as mine. Do you understand me? Now, keep in mind that for those of us in law enforcement, I had a close enough uh, presence. I was already controlling some, some body, uh, you know, some body part, I should say. Uh, and so I had established control because inevitably what starts – Go ahead, Nacho, because I can see the look on your face. What starts next? When you get that close to somebody and you've tried to do it the, the, the nice way, some people might say, what mm -hmm. was the next thing that was going to happen? 
Like, oh, I'm, they're, they're I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting like, off. I'm, I'm sorry, bro, but I'm getting a little like, you know, I'm getting the chills here hearing this, you right. know, cop, cop that's, lingo that's talk. Not, that's what I, it was I, supposed to do. Go ahead, T. I go ahead, quick, T. I, I got a quick little story and to, to kind of, you know, go into what, uh, what uh, Sylvia was saying. Okay, before we you do that, before you do that, we're gonna go into the phenomenal epic section here. So let's take a little break. Let's take a little break. Hold your story. Don't forget it. Okay. Don't forget it, okay? And then, you know, I'm going to go towel off. But um, <laughs> we're going to take a little break, and we're going to come right back, and then we're going to finish right through. All right? So uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. And uh, you out there, uh, you know, twirl your thumbs. But sometimes I got to do that. I got to do that with Silvio and, uh, about technology, you know? I, I, can, I can feel <laughs> what you're saying because it's like along those lines, like I feel like my mind is turning when you said that. I'm like, wow. I mean, I have that exact same conversation about technology with this guy. <laughs> you know, I'm going to jump in there to tell you this. I, I hear you, Nacho. I appreciate that because here's here's where maybe I, I differ from uh, what I believe I heard you say, uh, which is that you are in, in disagreement with taking police officers out. Is that correct? Yeah, I definitely don't think we should okay. take them out. I got I got you. And, then, and so if I heard you correctly, here's where I, I'm, I'm going to go maybe far out in the left field. I believe that defunding the police by doing so you can incorporate newer programs. Now, whether it be a social worker or whatever title uh, and my thought process on, you know, fortunately, and maybe some people out there in a podcast world will see it this way for this reason. I went to a high school that didn't need a security guard. We didn't even have security guards. We just had teachers with real bad attitudes. And because sometimes we weren't probably as huge as some of these kids nowadays, uh, some of these teachers felt that they could physically intimidate us or just verbally. Uh, but that's a different generation, right? Oh, Back there were nuns. I think there were nuns. Well, actually, it was a, Jes- <laughs> it was a Jesuit all-boys school. I'll give, it a free, I'll give it a free plug. It was a Jesuit all-boys school. Uh, if they start sending me some swag, I'll drop their name in. But in the meantime, I'll say that it was a, uh, <laughs> it was a different animal. And so uh, Chicago, I've always known to be different. I didn't go to high school in Chicago, so I have very little room to talk about it. Uh, but I've always known even, and I'm about to be 45 this year. So when I was in high school, there were bad schools even back in those days where you had truancy officers and all sorts of other names for these, uh, you know, off duty Chicago, usually off duty Chicago police or, uh, or, or police officers in some realm. But you know, the suburbs didn't have exactly that. Uh, not every school does. And so when I believe in defunding the police uh, and how I believe it ties into black lives matter is that unfortunately we have, segregated our school systems and and whether there's valid uh, conversation about systematic or institutionalized injustice that problem does seem to be exacerbated in the black and brown communities and when you throw an officer into the mix it it then amplifies the problem not because a, a police officer can't control the situation but because again you're being sent in to do something that's not your job don't call a police officer for a social worker's job however if you have training in crisis intervention, you can then do that as well. And so yeah. if you're going to put a police officer in that position, I think wholeheartedly you should spe- you know, specify that they have gotten training in crisis intervention. And so you can't send a police officer who's more than likely prone to wanting to give citations or uh, believes in handcuffing uh, or uh, hand, uh, hard, soft tactics. Uh, you know, these are things where most police officers will tell you, I don't have the time nor the training, nor do I want to tell, talk a, a high schooler down. Uh, but anyway, I believe that that's how it ties into Black Lives Matter, uh, because I believe the black and brown communities have that kind of enforced on them. They have, you know, it's imposed. It's not an option. It's, uh, it's not something where people think, well, what do you think this year? Should we have a truancy officer or a social worker or well, maybe we can call a Chicago police officer in and, and, and have them deal with it? Uh, it's not something that's there, but a lot of these people do come from communities that are impoverished, uh, who already also have a bad opinion of police officers. Uh, so I only think that makes it feel like a jail. Uh, and, and so I would want to see someone else there, maybe an off-duty police officer who's who's less, you know, you still have a, a, a vest underneath or something, but not that that uniformed officer sitting at some desk barking at some kid, uh, you know, with the hey, use, come here type. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But some of these, if you talk to uh, some of the school officers that are in, like like you said, in those areas, there's there's just, some of these kids are so immune to it because yeah. of what the 
PTSD on a regular basis. Like yeah. many of these, these kids suffer PTSD on a level that surpasses some, you know, yes, military people. It surpasses they, me. <laughs> yeah. They've seen stuff in their neighborhoods that, that other kids don't. So they're really not even faced by some police officers, to be honest right. with you. And that's yeah. why they're just like, you're not going to tell me, you know, their parents can't tell them what to do. So, some of their parents are gangbangers. Exactly. Some of their parents are gangbanging while they yeah. were on their way to school. You know, they've got, you know, again, if you're from Chicago, you may have heard of some of these things, but they have pro- programs out there in these, in, in these impoverished neighborhoods that are called safe passage. That's not a problem, you know, Chicago wide. That's specific to some neighborhoods where the yeah. gangs have gotten so out of control that parents who don't gangbang and usually, but parents who are who are usually trying to make lives better, uh, because it's not the entire community, but so they're out there and they're watching their kids walk from block to block, so that the gangbangers don't mess with them. So you know, natural great point is you know, some of these kids see it. Some of these kids are either in gangs or about to be recruited by a gang, and so they've got to have their street cred. So they go to school to bolster their street cred, and they're going to look at a police officer as a oh man, here I get my cookie now. I get to yell at this police officer, sound real tough. And when I go outside, everyone's going to be like, oh, man, did you hear Silvio was rattling off at, at Officer T over there? Man, did you see that? Oh, man, he's badass. So, I mean, I get you. I get you. I, I, and, again, I'm, I'm for the idea to defund the police. Uh, but this isn't, you know, the way I look at it, this isn't anti-police. You know, Black Lives Matter isn't anti-police. Uh, any, any thoughts on Black Lives Matter? What do you, what do you see? I'm going to respectfully disagree with you on that one. Because yeah, if you look into their, um, and I don't know if you've gotten a chance, I'll send Eric some, some stuff to look at. But, um, their co-founders, the founders, their co-founders are trained Marxists. And one of the things that they uh, want is no police at all in neighborhood. So, to say that they're that they're not anti-police, I think you know. Is there is there a group of them that are not? Yeah, I don't think everybody who believes in Black Lives Matter believes what the um, hardcore Black Lives Matter people wants. If, if you can understand what I'm saying, like, oh yeah, for sure. There's there's a group of them that are militant that want um, black superiority, that want no police, that want like they have a whole list of of stuff that as an organization, Black Lives Matter wants. I think a lot of the message was lost in this recent, you know, yeah. with all the protests and stuff, because right. the people you. who wanted to get their message across about racism and equality and all that stuff, the message kind of got hijacked by the Antifa people. It got hijacked by the yeah. looters, the rioters. Like, you know, the, peop- the people who were peacefully protesting, no officer had an issue with that at all. As a police right. officer in Chicago, I had no issue with anybody exercising the right to protest. However, I, I worked eight straight days of 12 hour days because people were breaking into, you know, a footlocker <laughs> and, and Walmart. And like, what does that have to do with equality? It doesn't. So it, right. you're losing, you're losing the message. And, you know, I know I have some good friends who are on a SWAT team and who were detailed downtown and they had to deal with all the, the people that actually come in from out of town, you mm-hmm. know, to, to cause damage and to, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot to that. There's other, you know, there's other entities within the Black Lives Matter that aren't exactly the people that want to spread that message. And it's a saying? good word you used. The, the, the rioting was hijacked by those who are trying to subvert and cause chaos, right? And so whatever uh, title they had, Antifa or otherwise, because there were a lot of them, uh, but they're just being opportunist. And yeah. it's unfortunate. And so it's another it's another way to, to look at it. I, I do appreciate you because your boots on the ground saying that from your perspective is different than, than I used to, to complain about uh, lieutenants and above those in the chain of command. I used, I've, I've always thought of as people who live in the ivory tower. Uh, their point of view is a little, you know, just, just slightly different because they're not boots on the ground. They look at it as, well, how hard could it be to just treat some of these people with, with dignity? Uh, and it's not that it's hard for, for a police officer. It's just that when you work eight or 12 and day and night, you get the same kind of rhetoric back at you. Uh, and this isn't going to this isn't to offend anybody, but most police officers, you don't get treated with with kind language when you pull somebody over. It's fuck you. What's your problem? Uh, you know, uh, I'm going to kill you. I know where you live. Uh, I got you later. Uh, you know, all sorts of language that's used to threaten you. And so that's why in many ways I was a fan of the body cam, 
uh, because it not only recorded the audio but the video. And if you were doing your job on the up and up per se, but if you dealt with your, you know, things as a human being, uh, it was easier to prosecute. But in this system that we have here in the Chicagoland area, are those gunshots over by UE? What you got going on over there? I don't know what oh, that no. was. That sounded weird. <laughs> that truck was like, I think that was a truck. Truck hit a pothole, busted his left nut. Man, he's that doesn't sound like. <laughs> he's oh. opening up wrappers over there and oh, stuff. That was like, weird, huh? I was like, what? He got is... cookies, a little soda. He's kicking back Cookie with the popcorn. <laughs> no, I'm just listening to coppers talk. I'm getting, you know, I've got to get in between the sheets. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, Nacho, man, I do appreciate that point of view because I think that's what's difficult for those of us who are not in that world uh, to understand uh, how your world is, uh, you know, nobody calls you on a good day. Nobody calls you over to say, I just, you know, I, I called 311. I, I made some fresh coffee. Uh, wanted to chill with you. I hope you got time on your beat to come by. You know, I, I made some fresh nutmeg. You know what? I'm going to have to do that now. I'm going to have to do that. I call 311 <laughs> yeah, a lot. People, so I'm going to have to be like, hey, you know what? Fresh coffee. I've had people do that. And the first thing I thought was, what's wrong with this person? <laughs> and it's a shame to have to admit that. But I have said, because you got businesses that'll do that. They'll invite you in. You got people who, who come over and they're real friendly with, oh, officer, great to see you. Come in, come in. Do you want some coffee? You're like, oh, what you put in it? You know, yeah, exactly. We're, <laughs> we're cynical like that. So, yep. it's so a little what, twisted. It's a little weird. So let me let me add yeah. let me add to that. Let me add to your thought of the BLM and all that. And you said the hijacking, and that's a perfect segue until into free adult. In three, whoa, what's going on? We are back. Phenomenal epics. PE squared. Officer T was just about to get into a phenomenal epic. Take it away, bro. All right. So uh, Sylvia was talking about how. Uh, when you approach somebody and you approach them in the right manner and you talk to them about, you know, Hey, I got to place these handcuffs on you and this is what's going to happen. And, and I've had times where that's worked. And I've also had times where that hasn't worked. And somebody's dead set on not being arrested and not going to jail. They're not going to, you know, uh, they're not just going to willfully say, okay, yeah, here, put the handcuffs on. So uh, a buddy of mine who I was working together one night and rest in peace. Cause he's, he got killed um we stopped the car and these two dudes jump out of the car and they're real wiry and they're like what are you stopping us for or whatever and we knew something was up with them and i already had my gun out so i grabbed the driver and i put him in the back of the car and i went to holster him up. and i thought i holstered my gun up so my partner comes grabs his guy he he's able to get his guy handcuffed and then he starts to walk his guy back and as i see him walking back i go to put handcuffs on my guy and the minute i went Grab those put on him. He started flailing away, flailing away, and all I could do was grab him and like like hockey. And I ended up ripping his shirt off, and I pushed him, and he hit the ground, and he kind of banged his head against uh, one of those big wood uh, light poles. But he bounced up and he ran, and I couldn't. I tried to grab this guy. Middle of the summer, everybody's sweaty, <laughs> so he takes off running. My uh, my partner at the time threw his guy in the ground. So I'm fighting with the other guy. His guy bounces up. He takes off running. I'm like, grab the guy with the handcuffs. Let this guy go. And so, <laughs> right? Now I look on the floor and I look on the floor. There's a gun on the floor. And I'm like, crap. And it's my gun. My gun didn't, didn't, I didn't get it all the way into the holster. So yeah. thank God I was able to get that holstered up. I go back to the car inside the car, man. There's a machine gun in the car. This guy could have just came out of the car and sprayed us. Wow. Thank God that he didn't. Um, short, short, short part of it is that the guy with the handcuffs got away, but karma's always, uh, you know, karma always strikes because mm. he did get away that night, but he ended up getting caught another time. And then the guy who, um, who bailed on me and I recognized his pants cause he had some, some very uh, noticeable pants on. Tried to report the car stolen the next morning, so they called me in to do a lineup. And I was like, "Yeah, he still got the same pants on." <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, thank God for criminals. That's what I always used to say too. When we get a lot of uh, repeat customers, or however people call them, frequent flyers. Uh, but it'll hopefully bring. It, that's a great spin. I hope for this next point. Frequent <laughs> flyers, this guy. Uh, you know what? So, well, you and your, you know, you got some epics there, bro. Frequent flyers. In the Chicagoland area, one of the problems that, that I heard the soup talk about today and uh, in the Chicago uh, particular, the Chicago proper, the superintendent uh, 
was on oh, TV. Oh, you said the him. soup. I thought you were talking about the show. I was about to be like, you right, watched right? the soup? Right. Oh, uh, okay. The, no, superintendent. the superintendent. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. He was talking today. And uh, and and I think a few, to say it lightly, probably, but, but a lot of uh, superintendents must have the same notes. They must pass the notebooks to each other because this man was saying a lot of quality things. I thought he made a lot of the great highlights, which uh, are important talking points. And that is uh, between the judicial system and what we have here is overcrowding. And we have uh, mental institutions where, unfortunately, police officers are the first responders being sent to these calls. And that's not to say you are or are not equipped for that. It's just not a police call, but you're dealing with a police matter or a police presence on a call that requires more than just the police. So his point in short was there are a lot of issues going on that require a lot of resources. And he didn't quite say it, at least I may not have caught it, but it, in, it, to me, it, it was in line with defund the police. And so, Nacho, I'm going to throw this out to you. Between the idea of hopefully the baseline being that defund the police means it should have had a better catch line, which was redirect the money to other programs that will assist police do a better job. That's a, that's a big, you know, a lot of words to come out, but that's what defund the police means in essence. Uh, and then how does that, so between defund the police and Black Lives Matter, how that kind of connects, and then, and then maybe even including the scenario that happened in St. Louis, because I know in Chicago uh, proper, and, and depending on where you work, but in the Chicagoland area, there were similar issues that happened, uh, looting, rioting, and, and, and homeowners coming out trying to protect themselves. Uh, uh, in some instances within the Chicagoland area, uh, there were areas that, where gang members were actually protecting their neighborhoods, which was a twist. Uh, so what do you think? And, and, and to wrap the question up, it would be this. Between defund the police, Black Lives Matter, and the instance, instances that happened out there, what you know, give us a breakdown uh, as brief or as long as you can. But what are, what are your thoughts as an actual person who has to do the job? You're the boots on the ground type of guy. Well, I'm glad that you explained the defunding the police like that because a lot of people get all worked up about that. And yeah, it's exactly what you said it is. So they're just basically redirecting funds. And and just like you said. I'm a school resource officer now. So I'm trained in CIT, which means dealing with kids with uh, mental health crisis. And I'm also, I'm, I'm trained in kids and I'm trained in adults. So being a school resource officer, I get a lot of calls like that. And I have to deal with these kids who are having mental health crisis. So that would probably be better served by uh, a counselor of some sorts or a mental health uh, professional. So to CIT help. acronym is crisis intervention, yes? Yeah, crisis intervention training is what Thank it you. is. All right. So it's there. Not every officer is trained in that, and then right. not every officer is trained in uh, juvenile uh, crisis yeah. intervention, which I am, being a school resource officer. So a bulk of my calls are dealing with stuff like that, with kids having uh, some kind of uh, mental health breakdown or whatever in the school. And some schools are equipped to handle it, and some aren't. Sure. Um, just like even on the street, if you're dealing with an adult, yeah, there's times where we have to deal with stuff like that. And we just, all we can do is take them to the hospital. And, they, right. you, know, you know, we try not to arrest somebody like that. Now, if they committed a crime, you know, you, you still have to, um, you still have to lock a person up and then they'll hopefully eventually get the help when they get into yeah. the lockup. But so that, that, know, that contributes to the problem as a whole, right? In my opinion, uh, thank you for sharing that. I was uh, trained in what we call disruptive behavior. Uh, and so, but destructive behavior, I was actually an instructor for that. And the program was the, in essence, the same, but it, it focused it on, on a hospital environment towards the healthcare, uh, civilians, if you will, the non-law enforcement types, because in law enforcement, some of the hands-on does come into play. And so even in crisis intervention, uh, you do have to go hands-on. Do you believe that makes sense with what, uh, how that might tie into this current Black Lives Matter uh, and, and what I mean by current is the current wave of negativity and hopefully the way, you know, the negative part of it. Unfortunately, I, I think there's a lot of positive, but I don't want to, you know, uh, taint your part of it. I want to hear your opinion. If it's negative or positive, do you think they tie in? I mean, because I, I think they tie in. I think people don't understand that the job is a lot more difficult than, than you would see because you chalk it up to movies or wherever you think it should be and how it should be. Uh, that doesn't mean that there aren't knuckleheads out there. Uh, that doesn't mean that every police officer 
Uh, also, if you want to talk about that, do you think that crisis intervention should just maybe be part of your curriculum versus a special training? Because that is a special training, is it not, in, in, in your uh, 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 academy, in your role yeah. as an officer? Yeah, it is. And I think the department is moving to having um, all the officers trained in that. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think everybody in the academy now has to come out uh, CIT trained. It wasn't something they did when I went through 23 years ago. Um, I do agree with what you say in, in a certain aspect because a lot of, uh, and when people say they don't want uh, police handling certain jobs in schools, it's, and believe me, I, it's not that the schools don't want us there because throughout this whole thing, I've had a lot of principals and teachers, even counselors send me a, you know, a text message or call and leave me a message saying that they're, you know, that they support us, you know, that not everybody feels the same way that, you know, it's being created in the media. So, and and I get that because, you know, I do help them quite a bit. Um, And I also get when people really don't want to have police officers handling their kids because there has been some instances where officers haven't handled it correct. And I think it's probably because lack of training, because they're not properly trained to deal with a kid having a mental health crisis. Well, when I was in, when I was in school, officer friendly, I was scared, terrified of officer friendly, but, um, now that I hear there's some schools in the north side of Chicago, they're they're voting to have their officer out of their school. How do you feel about that? I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous because I don't know if you've seen seventh and eighth graders nowadays. And I'm just talking about grammar schools because, you know, high school kids are huge. But I've seen some seventh <laughs> and eighth kids that are bigger than me. And yeah. I want to see some little counselor is going to handle some kid throw, whipping desks around. Right. So to say that they don't want us in the schools, that's that's ridiculous because, okay, how are you going to handle that as a counselor? How are you going to handle this kid whipping you around? Like I've seen teachers get hurt. I've seen security guards get hurt. Not only that, but how about, not only that, but how about the fact that you really don't hear of uh, the mass shootings in Chicago high schools, right? Because there's police presence. There's a person yeah. inside the unit or inside the school with a gun, and just that thought alone deter- deteriorates or or detracts the these, yeah, deters these, you know, would be kind of um, uh, actions. But man, if that the goes active, away, it's going to be tough. Yeah, the active shooters. Most high schools, I think, have a um, a police officer. Not every high school in the city. But most high schools have at least one, two, sometimes three officers assigned to uh, the high school. Yeah. Um, the grammar schools don't. They, um, some grammar schools have a, a budget, and if it's in their budget to hire an off-duty police officer to work security, then some do. Other yeah. than that, then yeah. it's just officers like me. Like, I'm a roving school officer, so I have about 40-something schools with grammar schools, and I have a couple high schools. I have... A couple colleges that I also check on. Nice. Um, I set up uh, lockdown drills with uh, the teachers, and we practice lockdown drills, stuff like that. You know, if there's any arrests to be made in the school or any reports, I always go and I handle. And sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes just you know, the teacher just wants you to talk to a kid. Uh, Sylvia mentioned. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, and I've had I've had a kid who I locked up one time who had a real good rapport with, and then like his whole attitude changed the next time I had to deal with him because. I treated him, you know, like a human being. And he was like, man, you know, you're cool and this and that. And I was like, I go, bro, you got to learn how to manage your anger. I said, you can't. (laughs) I said, this is just going to get you in trouble every single time. I said, I want to, I don't want you to live your life like this. I said, you need to think about different ways to outlet your anger so that you're not letting it affect you in school. And he got it. Him and I had a real conversation about like baseball and other stuff because he's a baseball player. And I'm like, stick to that, man. That's what you got to do. Nice. So- <laughs> no, that's what they call it. Free, like free, like freedom. And then oh. Adel, free Adel. Oh, free Adel. Okay. I'm like, yeah, 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 it's, yeah. A play on, yeah it's a play on, it's a play on Seattle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so to set a little more context. That situation, they let that get out of hand. Like there's no way that you're going to come and commandeer any police station in the city of of Chicago. Does that happen here? How, how, how fast does Chicago like? Does it how 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 fast does it not happen? 
not, that's not even going to happen. Look, we had 1,500 protesters on that one Sunday when they were doing all the protesting, marching towards my district, right? And it was a beautiful sight to see because the commander was so prepared. And as we're pulling up, because we're one of the tail cars, and 1,500 people are marching, and you see nothing but a sea, like this, this long blue helmet all the way along the street in front of the station, dude. And they were, they were ready. We were ready. They had the whole station surrounded, and we weren't allowing anybody to do that. And they saw that, and they just, you know, they said their piece, and they did their chants, and they did their, you know, their kneeling, and, and, they, and they kept peacefully marching up. I just, I think, you know, politically, Seattle's different. It's a oh, very, um, very, a very liberal. liberal, very liberal place. Um, I spoke to some Seattle police officers last year in Washington, D.C., because I go to the police memorial every year. And so I get a chance to meet police officers from all over the country. And I asked him how things were in Seattle. And he's like, man, because everything is legal over here. We have a huge homeless problem because everybody comes from all over the country to go do drugs over there because everything is legal. And so everybody's all over the place and it's all, you know, it's just, because it's real nasty. And he goes, and then they're not using the, the government's not using the money that they get for that to, you know, the way they should, he said. So, mm. He's like, it's just a real mess over there. And and, and that's evident by what happened. Well, it was a debacle, have, uh, dude. Oh, it was a debacle. I mean, I was watching the whole thing, watching on YouTube and then CNN trash and Fox crap and, you know, MSNBC junk. I was watching it all over. And, dude, I was just like, are you kidding? And then I'm over here talking to Silvio about it. And he's like, what? What's going on? Who's Chaz? What's his name? What's that guy? He's going to be a guest? And I'm like, (laughs) oh, God. But I'm glad. I'm glad you put that out there. But let me ask you this. So uh, uh, Silvio did mention about the St. Louis couple that stood their ground type. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about civilians coming out and, you know, uh, protecting their home and doing that stuff? That you have every right to do that. As, As a citizen of the United States, you do. I'm wondering why, why they actually serve a search warrant. And the only thing I can think of was maybe that the guy's rifle wasn't um, completely legal, maybe, for oh, whatever okay. reason. It came and from, like, they, overseas or something? Or just, you know, you can't have, like, a fully automatic rifle. I don't know if it was. I don't think they could tell or what. Maybe that's what they're checking. To me, um, to me, he what he did saved America. Like, if they would have ransacked that place, it would have happened all over the country. Oh yeah, so that I, I, they'll they'll be fine with that, and I'm, and I think they're opening St. Louis is is opening themselves up for a big lawsuit with that because you have that right. He's standing on his property, barefoot too. Like, how, what, what do you think he was doing? What do you think he was doing? Barefoot, with fully clothed, like he's barefoot, <laughs> fully clothed. Like you know, like he's not walking around like getting coffee. No, he's, but what is it? Yeah. He just slipped out his lo- his loafers, right? He's like, no, 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 no. those things are like fifteen hundred dollars. Or $15,000 a piece for each shoe. I'm going to have to put those on the side. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get back to something that Silvio said about um, the superintendent talking today. So I I don't know if you guys know, know, but the superintendent is an appointed position in most major cities. So the superintendent can only do so much as a superintendent because he has to answer to the mayor. Mm -hmm. So the mayor is the one who's really running things. The superintendent could have all the best intentions in the world. He could be the most gung-ho, you know, straight-up cop there ever was. But he still has to answer to the mayor because he's in an appointed position. I've always thought that superintendents of police or chiefs of police should be something that should be voted. Let the people vote that person in, and that way that chief or superintendent doesn't have to answer to the mayor. And he kind of audit the mayor, right? He audits the auditor type deal. Yeah, that's a well, the lang- uh-huh. yeah. The language, the language that goes is technically serves at the will and pleasure. So, if you use that language in legalese, obviously everybody can interpret it that way. But you serve at the will and pleasure. So the mayor technically does tell the superintendent yay or nay, exactly. uh, and, and a good superintendent will put will push back and and give their point of view. But usually, at the end of the day, the mayor says what the mayor says, and the superintendent says, "Hey, I don't like this very much." This is a, these are my marching orders, and I got to find a way to make us execute. Uh, and that's what is tough. That's a, that's a real good point, Nacho. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, 
We're coming up to time, and I don't, I mean, we kept you already long enough. It hasn't felt that long. I mean, this has been real smooth, better than I expected. I thought I thought I was going to lose a buddy in my uh, Officer T buddy here because we're going to go <laughs> at it hard. But this is better. You know, this is what, you know, being a Notre Dame fan does. We stay we stay together through the heart. But, um that made it work. Bad, bad apples, bad apples, Officer T. Bad apples in the force. How do you deal with them? Well, how do I deal with them? If I see somebody doing something, they shouldn't be like, I'm but, not going to mention anybody's name, but we, we do have one officer who's kind of old where I work, and he's just very dead set in his ways, and he's very one-sided when it comes to like domestics because he went through a bad divorce. And anytime they've ever assigned that guy to go with me on a domestic, I tell the dispatcher, nope, don't send him. I good. I got it. Or he shows up and I tell him, go away. I got this. I'm handling this. Because I already know he's going to jack up everything that I've already done. Yeah. So I don't need help. And I don't. And why he's still, you know, he's one of those guys that retire already. You should retire. Why are you, why are you still here? Yeah. You're, you're bitter and you're, you know. He's just one of those guys, and unfortunately, we 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 have some guys like that, and and you know, and some sergeants, you know, are a little, I guess, maybe kind of shy to to say something to them. Sometimes they don't want to piss anybody off, but they really should. Like if you see a guy who's doing something, you know, and I'm not talking about illegal. Obviously, illegal. You see somebody doing something illegal, yeah, you gotta speak up and say something. But I'm just saying, not handling things and treating people like like you shouldn't. That sergeant should be, well, you well, know. Well, that's that's interesting. But, you made that up because you said he should retire. He should retire. Now that leads me to police unions. Are police unions the next group in the crosshairs? Because man, oh man, they are powerful as man. Like I've seen some stories, and I've researched myself on some officers that have been fired and brought back on the job not only once. Several more times. So, and that's not here in Chicago proper, but over the country, throughout the country. And I've seen in multiple locations, police unions, bro. I know they protect you. And I know that's one of the reasons why police officers are not walking off on the job. But tell me your thoughts. I mean, uh, do you feel comfortable? Do you feel good with your police union as one of the strongest in the world? But what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I, I. What you have to understand, too, that every department is different. And then you can't compare uh, a major city police department to that of some little town somewhere. I'm sure, you know, things are going to be different in those in mm-hmm. those towns. Yet, yes, unions are a big deal. And yes, we, you know, obviously, you know, we need them. Um, the guy we have right now, I'm, I'm actually pretty happy with him. I felt like the guy we had before wasn't exactly uh, one to... Uh, to stand toe to toe with the mayor, he would kind of back down with her a little bit. But this guy that we got now, he's 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 definitely one to 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 stand up for us. So it's it's kind of refreshing to see that. You know, we're without we have been working without a contract for three years. Wow, I yeah. had a, and we because we can't strike. So that's that. I would only that, throw that. this. I'm gonna throw this red flag though, unfortunately, uh, or, or yellow flag. You know, penalty for me is. <laughs> Uh, flag on the field here real quick. This dude who's currently, uh, and I'm, I'm going to leave his name out of it, but for the FOP, uh, I thought it was a, a bad choice. He's got a checker pass. Uh, and not that we need, you know, uh, you know, being a police officer doesn't mean you're always going to be the cleanest, the, 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 the squeaky clean kind of guy, but I don't see why not, right? When you wear a gun and badge, you should wear it with pride. You should, you should do, you know, always the best and, and, and always, you know, try to live up to that. There's a lot of responsibility, but unfortunately the only flag I'm going to throw out there is that he's got, he's got a checkered past. Uh, well, and I should say it is assumed by some and it is alleged. I'm not slandering his name at all, but it is alleged that he had some issues. Uh, and if that's true or not, it just, it would be a shame to have someone who has allegedly been, uh, in, in quite some issues, uh, to be in that position. But, I agree with you, Nacho, wholeheartedly that in in the sense of union uh, helping you all, uh, you know, fight for what's fair, uh, make sense of, of pushing back when you need to. And, and above all, in the Chicagoland area, 
again, this conversation, maybe we can get into the weeds on another interview if you want to come back, uh, talking about how the thin blue line comes into people's mind and how people think that police officers protect each other and the union protects their own. It's, it's again, Nacho hit it out the park. You're dealing with people in certain parts of the Chicago land area, in the Chicago proper area, uh, without naming neighborhoods, who live in essentially what should be called a war zone. It's a shame. And yeah. to tell, you know, have people coming out going, well, you should call the National Guard. You got to remember people have rights, you know, you know, on down from the first on through, you know, and you can't just call the National Guard in because you think it makes sense. Yes, it might be in an ideal setting, the right call, but folks have rights. We can't just barge into their doors and, and say, we know you've been on the corner. We know you got guns in here. Let us in. Uh, thing, and, and that makes the job tough. And, and it makes it, uh, I should say over and over again, thanks again for what you do. Thanks for your service. Be safe. Uh, I've known uh, a few who've committed suicide. I've known others who, who are who are living essentially with PTSD and trying to do the job. Uh, and, and they can't retire because, again, financially, uh, it's not an option. It doesn't make any sense. But unfortunately, you've also got these human beings out there trying to police other humans. And after a while, uh, mutual PTSD just rubs the wrong way and you're going to have terrible situations. Uh, and, and what makes matters worse, uh, E, to your point, you have the union uh, in, in many ways perceived as protecting bad cops. Sometimes bad cops happen because they made a bad decision uh, and there's a bit of a leeway there. Other, and we're not talking death. We're talking a bad decision where uh, you, you use more force than was necessary. That doesn't mean they didn't get some type of repercussion, by the way. They do suffer a consequence. Uh, yeah. And usually it's, it's a financial hit. Uh, being a cop isn't really easy. Again, it's also driving the point. I mean, how many people do you know who are doctors who have insurance for uh, liability? Most cops end up having to carry liability insurance. That's not that's not just something you you know oh, it just costs a dollar. This isn't a, a commercial that's for just sixty cents a day. No man, you pay uh, a pretty hefty wage to be a police officer, and you have to go through a lot of stuff. And at the end of the day, you carry liability insurance because inevitably someone's going to say he roughed me up. And whether it's true or not, you have to stand tall in front of the man uh, and be judged, and that costs money. So that's what the union's there for to try to help you buffer that. Uh, does that mean that, that some knuckleheads don't exist again, the thin blue line theory and all this other stuff? It, it's just a tough job. And and to say it any other way would be an insult to anyone who's ever worn a, a gun and a badge because it's it's immediate. I mean, uh, Nacho, what's your take on this? This is my other favorite thing. Every call I've ever been to as, when I was wearing a uniform, a gun, and a badge, I show up. People were kind of mean mugging me and, and barely, you know, you'd get one or two people like, oh, hello, officer. As soon as fire rolled up paramedics oh thank god they're here and i'm like whoa 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 what about me i mean thank god they're here what was i doing here 10 minutes ago why did i even show up uh, silvio hey 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 t that's just silvio being silvio <laughs> tell me i was tell me i'm wrong though tell me i'm wrong nacho He's, tell me i'm wrong right i went to a fire at a school all the kids are looking at all the firemen waving them high-fiving them I'm like hey what are we chop liver <laughs> well, well, and you show up you go, you're there to protect and serve, and they like me mugging you, and all of a sudden fire, woohoo! They show up, and they're like, "Oh my God, the firemen are here!" Oh man! And then, and then my least favorite part, not, and I know I'm I'm gonna I'm show my true colors here, be a little, uh, a little vain, but all of a sudden it's like, "Oh man, look at that fireman!" Ooh! And I'm like, "Yo, uh, no, uh, uh, that's what it was. <laughs> that's what it was. The heartthrob, the heartthrob oh, yeah, in you true. was envious. Ah, I see now. Yeah, I'm gonna throw it out there. I'll throw it out there. I'm all right. Uh, boy, a boy. Well, wait, wait to own up to it. Wait, 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 wait to admit. So, yeah, sure. look, so we're running out of time again. Like, again, I have a set schedule here and I keep on getting over it. It's all my fault. It's such good stories. I'm in a lather. I'm sweating and I'm just so like into this conversation. I just want to keep on going. T, would you be around? Can you keep going for another 10 minutes? Would you be OK yeah. with it? 10 minutes? All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to reset again, and uh, we're going to finish it off on a, on, a, on, a, on a soft, quiet, smiling note and send T out uh, on his proper uh, thank you and goodbye, and we'll come right back after a word from our sponsor. Thank you to our partners, manprods.com, the products of the man, for sponsoring our guest here today they'll be sending t officer t a uh, package for joining us on this lengthy and uh, interesting conversation 
and also to Yaya's house childcare uh, for allowing us to use the equipment and the time necessary to edit this episode. All right, we're back on P squared phenomenal epics. Hey, phenoms, this has been a fantastic show. I mean, I mean, I know I'm 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 a co-host here on the show, but just like you guys listening, I'm a phenom I, myself. Listening to these guys talk about their cop stuff is been epic. It's been incredible. Um, I, I just. I, you know, I, I can't stop it as much as as much as T wants to just go and play dominoes. I keep on wanting and pulling them back, pulling them back. So uh, <laughs> so we're going to do is we're going to end it here in the last segment. And we already went over a lot of things. Um, unless you got something else to say about the police unions, T. I mean, the floor is yours. But I got one more segment for you. One more topic. All right. Okay. All right. All right. So. uh I don't know if you guys have noticed lately, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith was uh, recently on. Uh... <laughs> She's been in some entanglement, poor She's woman. She's been in some, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she is so hot. And it came to my attention that she has an open relationship with Will Smith, apparently, right? And Supposedly. Allegedly. Allegedly. And then the dude that she's had her soiree with uh it's kind of upset like oh i'm hurt you know i'm ah oh you know what are we are we something what is going on and you know a hot woman like that gotten her experience out of the way want to hang out with a boy toy and all this tito you're some kind of a boy toy you've been a boy toy over the generations or the decades because you know you've been a You've been an officer, boots on the ground for uh, over two decades. And Silvio, you're envious of uh, the, right? the, the firemans and all that stuff and all this. I didn't have any badge bunnies. Hey, Tito, <laughs> Tito, you know, <laughs> badge bunnies? <laughs> so, term. You didn't, know, you didn't know that? Oh, uh, no, man, that's pretty good. Shit, I'm learning a lot. Guys, maybe, so, maybe I messed something up out there. Let's, we got to flag that because you got a couple of... <laughs> got a couple flags already you, you keep flying around them flags but uh you'll go back hopefully and flag some of those yeah, things yeah. out but but uh, uh, yeah, badge, badge bunnies all oh, that's good t and um i know silvio had his way with the women back in the day you're single man how is it like jada pinkett smith other badge bunnies all this stuff do you twirl it around do you like uh, and i'm talking about your badge not about your member um, do you go off and, and how is it to be in your status now going on now with the virus, uh, with the protests, with the stigma of police officers? What, what, how are you coping, bro? Well, you know, the climate here is different. I would say that it is in other places. I mean, you still have a lot of people that like you and care about you and stuff like that. But I would say it was different when I, when, you know, when I first got on and you would get that, you know, the girls would find out you're a police officer and, oh, you know, it would be that excitement or whatever, you know, the, oh, put handcuffs on me or whatever. <laughs> right. you know, the entanglement. I've had those, entanglement. I've had those moments, but, uh, you know, maybe not as much now as I'd like to, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for the ladies of the podcast, the ladies of the podcast, go ahead, drop some some messages to us. Yeah, we'll yeah. forward them on to uh, to Nacho, uh, yeah. and then you all can get in some entanglements if need be. But yeah, you know, there's there's some room for entanglement. Yeah. All right, Nacho's throwing it out there. If you want to get some nachos, let you know, <laughs> let it be known. We're all over Pinterest now, so I I hear <laughs> Pinterest is the app for the ladies, and uh, I had a friend who's like telling me. Oh, who's this guy? Who's this co-host of yours? And I'm like, it's a buddy of mine that I've known for 10 years. Do I know him? Well, hold on. Are you his wife? I don't understand. Why are you attacking? No, no, no. He just sounds familiar. Oh, you want him to sound familiar. So I don't know, T. You know, you might be getting the same treatment. Oh, who's this T? Who's this T? I don't know. Do I know him? Yeah, yeah, you probably do. But what do you want? Jesus. Oh, just tell him Just tell him my name and give him my Instagram. That's what happens usually on right? P right. squared, bro. Oh, damn, look at, look at, Silvio's having problems. What's going on, bro? You're getting excited? Are firemen coming around you or something or what? Right, 
right? No, no, man. I'm I'm reliving some some terrible times. All of a sudden, I'm like, man, where my handcuffs at? Where my handcuffs? My wife, my wife. I'm gonna look at her tonight. Be like, hey, how these handcuffs look to you? That's pretty good. Well, there you go. I mean, T, uh, how did uh, a uh, you know how how was the domino game going? Were you getting some capicus or were you losing? Well, we were we were right there. We were neck and neck. But my partner, he's got to work at three forty five in the morning, which is my boy's neighbor. So he left back home uh. when he saw that I got up. I said, "Hey, I got to go do this thing," but that's okay because his uh his uh brother in law and sister in law just showed up, so now they're playing. So I'm gonna go back and I'll get uh, nice. whoever's next. Nice. I love. I love. I love. I love them dominoes, man. Love them dominoes. Well. T, special thanks again, and uh, I, we would love to have you back on again. We're thinking about doing something with, like, a roundtable with a lot of police officers, uh, different departments, of course, and stuff like that. And you, all, you and Silvio had your talk, uh, Lingo, uh, you know, doing the, doing the show today. So, again, I appreciate you coming on, and, uh, it, it, I mean, I, I've learned a lot. I actually did learn a lot today. Awesome, brother. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was nice meeting uh, Silvio. You too, Nacho. I appreciate it, man. I need you to stay safe on them streets. I need you to keep your chin up. Uh, most of us do support the blue, uh, you know, and, and we more than anything else, we support a police officer who's uh, who's doing their job diligently. It's not an easy job, so I can't say that enough, uh, whether it's just Black Lives Matter or just the fact that uh, lives are important. And, and I, I believe from what you're saying is that uh, the, the biggest takeaway for me is that you do believe that you are doing your, your best. Uh, and I, and I commend you. So please stay safe and, uh, and get to your retirement and hopefully you'll be able to enjoy that as well. Thank you very much, man. Much appreciated. You enjoy Thanks that. Your time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and, and you never know, hopefully after this, maybe some entanglements might come your way. <laughs> no, I know they're coming. You're a guest. You're a guest on PE squared is a given son. Anyway, this was PE squared phenomenal epics. Thanks officer T and Hey, you're welcome. Phenoms. That was a great show. <laughs>